What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Episode of the Music from the Goddesses Vault podcast. I'm your host, Midnight Star. The song you heard was You're a Woman Now by Crow Women. Before I go on to this week's topic, I'm going to talk about an event that is coming up. Now, because I'm not getting paid for this podcast and getting paid poorly in real life, I am not going to go to it. What is the event? Well, since this is a pagan music show, the event that I'm going to advertise here is the Pagan Music Awards. This year, it's going to happen Saturday, August 18th, 5 to 9 p.m. in San Francisco, California. I don't know any other details other than that. You can go to the Pagan Music Awards 2018 Facebook page to find out more, or you can go to ipaganma.org. And another thing, did you know that this podcast has a Facebook page? I've been posting a lot of stuff on it and getting zero comments. I don't mind the likes and the shares, but I would like to get some comments in it as well. For you loyal listeners out there, what topic did I not cover yet that you want me to discuss? Is there a dream symbol that you want me to interpret? How about suggestions for a spirit guide? Come on, I know that you're all busy doing something while you're listening to this. If you are driving, don't do what I'm going to suggest unless you can park somewhere. But for the rest of you, drop what you are doing and check out the Music from the Goddesses Vault Facebook page and write what you think of the show. This week's episode was originally supposed to be about nudity. However, due to the popularity of the Me Too movement, I will be talking about that as well as about rape and sexual harassment and what those have to do with paganism. 
I'll talk about all that after this song from Mama Gina called Mama Guy is Going Through Menopause. I have to start this discussion with a personal story. I have told this to my other pagan coven members out there. I know that one already knows the full details of it. When the Me Too movement started on Twitter in November after the Weinstein scandal, I also did tweet my story. From the ages of 11 to 14, I was sexually bullied by boys of the same age. It all started when I had a crush on a boy. That boy soon found out, and after school started to ask me if I was a virgin. What that boy and others didn't know at the time was that not every 11-year-old is on the same wavelength. My parents are Catholic, and the only sex education that I got from them was how babies are born and how a chicken and a rooster had sex, which is my mother's version of the birds and the bees. Which, to tell you the truth, I was born in a city, not a farm. I never remembered seeing that happen. And being from a family whose English is a second language, they never taught me what a virgin was. All I know was the Madonna song like a virgin at the time. I remember looking up the word virgin in the dictionary and still being confused as to what that meant. So I answered the best way I could, but no matter if I said yes or no, I still get teased by those boys. The other part of the teasing was my nervous, shaky, high-pitched voice that I had at the time. 
I thankfully got rid of that voice as an adult, thanks to some drama voice training. Anyway, it continued from there with bra pulling, the unwanted touching, which I told them not to, but they ended up impersonating me, and the sexual language that made me feel uncomfortable. Being that it was the 80s that this happened, the teachers and principals didn't do anything about it because boys will be boys. That attitude is so wrong and it's setting a bad example on how men should treat women. I mean, do these boys ever touch their mother's or sister's private parts and tell sex jokes to their mother's or sister's? I'm only going to mention one more situation that happened when I was 14. This time it was my grade 9 gym class. We were doing basketball drills, and during that, two boys decided to touch me in inappropriate places. I got so angry that after the drill, I went up and told the teacher. She then called those boys up and scolded them privately. She did see what happened, and she didn't like it herself. There were no other incidences after that, and grade 9 was when we had health class with sex education. There were incidents in between and one in high school, but I'll leave it at that for now. Looking back on it, I think that is why I am still single. The men that I dated only wanted to have sex and not to be in a serious long-term relationship with me. That's why I haven't been dating in 12 years. I am still waiting for that man who sees me as his equal and also wants to be in a serious and soulful relationship with me. I'm also telling my story for the girls and boys that are currently going through the same thing I have. And it's also important for both moms and dads to teach their young sons on how to treat a woman and what to do if they see other men treating a woman poorly. I will be talking about what this movement has to do with paganism. But first, here's me with Dark Haired Girl. Nu mă hulă 
Guide of the Week. This week's spirit guide is the Haitian voodoo goddess named Azili Dantor. Azili Dantor is the very independent spirit of rage and initiative. She was the one that was responsible for the Haitian Revolution, where she fought alongside men. When that was over, her lover and partner Ugan cut her tongue out in order for her not to spill any secrets. But she had other consorts besides Ugan. In fact, she only had sex with male spirits only to have kids. And she had seven of them. She much prefers to have sex with women. Otherwise, Azili is the guardian of women, especially single mothers. If you are a single mother, call on Azili Dantor if you have problems with child support. You can also call on her if you want to be financially secure. And you can call on her if you are stuck in an abusive relationship. What you can offer Azili Dantor on your altar are the following. Cigarettes, barbancourt rum, pineapples, sweet wine, knives, daggers, fried pork, pepper jelly, corn and pepper omelette, cornbread, muffins, tortillas, and honey with cinnamon and cayenne pepper sprinkled all over it. That is it for now. Stay tuned for another Spirit Guide of the Week.
Zili Dantel by Bambestio. I know that this podcast is all about portraying paganism in a positive light. Like many other groups and organizations, there are some bad spots. And there are covens and coven members that do behave badly to the point where there is sexual assaults happening within our own community. I haven't heard of any incidents in the covens that I have been to, but that doesn't mean that I am blind to it. If you know the history of Wicca, you know that Gerald Gardner and others met in a nudist resort just after the war. They've created what is now known as Gardnerian Wicca. And because of that, we are very open and liberal when it comes to sex. That reminds me, before I became pagan, I did read a lot about Wicca. I know that in a few covens, in order for you to get initiated as a witch, you would have to have sex with the priest or priestess. Not all, and not in the ones that I have been to anyways, did this. And then there is the great rite, in which I have never done, or did I see any covens do. It is a sex orgy ritual. The reason for the great rite is to celebrate the coming together of the god and goddess. That I understand, because sex is a part of life. But not everyone is comfortable with being naked in front of strangers and having sex with everyone. I mention this because there have been reports of sexual misconduct among people in other covens. One of the accused in the States went from coven to coven in the 90s. And the most recent allegation in a coven happened to be of a popular musician who I don't want to mention, but I've played music from this person in past shows. And let's not forget festival season is coming up. It's a time to relax, go to workshops, and party. 
The party part is where the problem of sexual misconduct rears its ugly head. Some of you might not remember our pagan podcasts from the early 2000s called Dio Shadow. I do remember one episode when Dio and his wife were talking about a problem that they had in one of the festivals they attended. The men who were drumming were yelling at the women dancers to take off their tops and show their breasts. That to me is sexual harassment or even assault. If I were in that situation, I would have yelled out something like, Why don't you take off your pants and show us how small your penises are? The only clothing optional festival that I have been to, there were half-naked and fully naked people. They just walked around like normal. My only issue is seeing one naked man in his 60s with a fully erected penis. I did the sky-clad women's ritual, which is about worshipping our own breasts, but I didn't participate in the co-ed sky-clad ritual right after. I don't like the idea of being naked in front of strange men. And this clothing-optional festival also had small children running around. There was one lodge that was for adults only called Aphrodite's Temple. That's where adults privately had sex. I didn't go in there myself, and hopefully no kids under 18 did either. There's also this attitude that a few pagan men, not all pagan men, have, and that is that all women in paganism are easy and want to get naked and have sex. That is not the case. And I know that pagan men can also be victims of rape too. So this discussion is also for them as well. Anyway, there should be talks among all coven members as to what to do if there are any sexual assaults happening. Up until last year, we've been protecting the accused and not the victim. That's an all of life. I've seen a show where the lawyer did a role play as a prosecutor asking the rape victim questions that seems to be blaming her for the rape. I think that the court should also change that theory as well. One idea that comes to mind what we coven members should do when there is a sexual assault in our community, which is to kick the rapist or the accused out. But then again, the problem will continue when the accused join another coven. So what else can we do? Yesterday, I found out about a Facebook group called Heathens for Equality, which is also for pagans too. And this one is about sexism and racism. So if you are a pagan, please join this group on Facebook. By the way, I know there are some family-friendly pagan covens out there. I know because I have been in one. So if you are a parent that wants their kids to join, it's best to do your research and to ask that coven if they are also family-friendly. You can also ask the coven if they do sky-clad rituals. In that case, if they say that they do and you're not comfortable with it, then you can move on to another one. If this next song sounds familiar to some of you, it is because it's a cover of a ministry tune. This one is from Demonica and the Darklings called Halloween is Every Day.
Here's the dream symbol to interpret. There are four in this week's dream symbols of the week. They are spring, summer, the sun, and sunburn. If your dream takes place in the spring, it symbolizes new beginnings, hope, and creative endeavors. It could also mean warmth, virility, and fruitfulness. If there is a water spring in your dreams, it represents your emotional energy and the way that you express it. If there is a metal spring in your dream, it means that you are feeling intense in a real-life situation. Now summer in dreams. If your dream takes place in the summer, it symbolizes growth, knowledge, productivity, maturity, and tolerance. Now the sun in dreams. If your dream had the sun in it, it represents your peace of mind, tranquility, enlightenment, insight, fortune, and goodwill. It can also mean energy and divine power. Or if you have one in real life, it can be a metaphor for your own human sun. If the sun in your dreams has a creepy harsh glare, it means that there is a disruption or a serious problem that is happening in the situation in your waking life. And if you dreamed that you got a sunburn, it means that there is an emotional problem or situation that you cannot avoid. That is it for this week's dream symbol. If you want a dream for me to interpret and maybe have a dream symbol featured, the contact information will be mentioned at the end of the show. So keep dreaming. Here's another myth. This next story comes from theworldoftales.com. This one is a Native American story called the Celestial Sisters. Wapi, or the White Hawk, lived in a remote part of the forest where animals abounded. Every day he returned from the chase of a large spoil, for he was one of the most skillful and lucky hunters of his tribe. His form was like the cedar. The fire of the youth beamed from his eye. There was no forest too gloomy for him to penetrate, and no track made by bird or beast of any kind which he could not readily follow. 
One day he had gone beyond any point which he had ever before visited. He traveled through an open wood, which enabled him to see a great distance. At length he beheld a light breaking through the foliage of the distant trees, which made him sure that he was on the borders of a prairie. It was a wide plain covered with long blue grass and enameled with flowers of a thousand lovely tints. After walking for some time without a path, musing upon the open country and enjoying the fragrant breeze, he suddenly came to a ring worn among the grass and the flowers, as if it had been made by footsteps moving lightly round and round. But it was strange, so strange as to cause the white hawk to pause and gaze long and fixed upon the ground. There was no path which led to this flowery circle. There was not even a crushed leaf, not a broken twig, nor the least trace of a footstep approaching or retiring to be found. He thought he would hide himself and lie in wait to discover, if he could, what this strange circle meant. Presently he heard the faint sounds of music in the air. He looked up in the direction they came from, and as the magic notes died away, he saw a small object, like a little summer cloud that approaches the earth, floating down from above. At first it was very small, and seemed as if it could have been blown away by the first breeze that came along, but it rapidly grew as he gazed upon it and the music every moment came clearer and more sweetly to his ear. As it neared the earth, it appeared as a basket, and it was filled with twelve sisters of the most lovely forms and enchanting beauty. As soon as the basket touched the ground, they leaped out and began straightway to dance, in the most joyous manner around the magic ring, striking, as they did so, a shining ball which uttered the most ravishing melodies and kept time as they danced. The white hawk from his concealment entranced gazed upon their graceful forms and movements. He admired them all, but he was most pleased with the youngest. He longed to be by her side, to embrace her, to call her his own, and unable to remain longer a silent admirer, he rushed out and endeavored to see this twelfth beauty who so enchanted him. But the sisters, with the quickness of birds, the moment they described the form of a man, leaped back into the basket and were drawn up into the sky. Lamenting his ill luck, Wapi gazed longingly upon the fairy basket as it ascended and bore the lovely sisters from his view. They are gone, he said, and I shall see them no more. He returned to a solitary lodge, but he found no relief to his mind. He walked aboard, but to look at the sky, which had withdrawn from his sight, the only being he had ever loved, was painful to him now. The next day, selecting the same hour, the white hawk went back to the prairie and took his station near the ring. In order to deceive the sisters, he assumed the form of an opossum and sat among the grass as he were there engaged in chewing the cud. He had not waited long when he saw the cloudy basket ascend and heard the same sweet music falling as before. He crept slowly towards the ring, but the instant the sisters caught sight of him, they were startled and sprang into their cart. It rose a short distance when one of the elder sisters spoke. Perhaps, she said, it has come to show us how the game is played by mortals. Oh no, the youngest replied. Quick, let us ascend. And all joining in a chant, they rose out of sight. Wapi, casting off his disguise, walked sorrowfully back to his lodge. But ah, the night seemed very long to be lonely, White Hawk. His whole soul was filled with the thought of the beautiful sister. The next day, he returned to the haunting spot, hoping and fearing, and sighing as though his very soul would leave his body in its anguish. He reflected upon the plan he should follow to secure success. He had already failed twice. To fail a third time would be fatal. 
Nearby, he found an old stump, much covered with moss. And just then, in the use as the residence of the number of mice who had stopped there on a pilgrimage to some relatives in the other side of the prairie, the white hawk was so pleased with their tidy little forms that he thought he, too, would be a mouse, especially as they were by no means formidable to look at and would not be at all likely to create alarm. He accordingly, having first bought the stump and set it near the ring, without further notice became a mouse, and peeped and sported about, and kept a sharp little eye busy with the others. But he did not forget to keep one eye up toward the sky, and one ear wide open in the same direction. It was not long before the sisters, at their customary hour, came down and resumed their sport. But see, cried the younger sister, that stump was not there before. She ran off, frightened towards the basket. Her sisters only smiled, and gathering round the old tree stump, they struck it, and just when out ran the mice, and among them Wabi. They killed them all but one, which was pursued by the younger sister. Just as she raised the silver stick which she held in her hand to put an end to it, too, the form of the white hawk arose, and he clasped his prize in his arms. The other eleven sprang to their basket and were drawn up to the skies. Wapi exerted all his skill to please his bride and win her affections. He wiped the tears from her eyes. He related his adventures in the chase. He dwelt upon the charms of life on the earth. He was constant in his attention, keeping fondly by her side and picking out the way for her to walk as he led her gently toward his lodge. He felt his heart glow with joy as he entered it, and from that moment he was one of the happiest of men. Winter and summer passed rapidly away. And as the spring drew near with its balmy gales and its many-colored flowers, their happiness was increased by the presence of a beautiful boy in their lodge. What more of earthly blessings was there for them to enjoy? Wapi's wife was the daughter of one of the stars. As the scene of the earth began to pall upon her sight, she sighs to revisit her father. But she was obliged to hide these feelings from her husband. She remembered the charm that would carry her up. And while White Hawk was engaged in this chase, she took occasion to construct a wicker basket, which she kept concealed. In the meantime, she collected such rarities from the earth as she thought would please her father, as well as the most dainty kinds of food. One day when Wapi was absent, all was in readiness. She went out to the charmed ring, taking with her her little son. As they entered the cart, she commenced her magical song, and the basket rose. The song was sad, and of a lowly and mournful cadence, and as it wafted far away by the wind, it caught her husband's ear. It was a voice which he well knew, and he instantly ran to the prairie. Though he made breathless speed, he could not reach the ring before his wife and child had ascended beyond his reach. He lifted up his voice in loud appeal, but they were unavailing. The basket still went up. He watched it till it became a small speck, and finally it vanished in the sky. He then bent his head down to the ground and was miserable. Through a long winter and a long summer, Wapi bewailed his loss, but he found no relief. The beautiful spirit had come and gone, and he should see it no more. He mourned his wife's loss sorely, but his son's still more, for the boy had both the mother's beauty and the father's strength. In the meantime, his wife had reached her home in the stars, 
and in the blissful employments of her father's house, she had almost forgotten that she had left a husband upon the earth. But her son, as he grew up, resembled more and more his father, and every day he was restless and anxious to visit the scene of his birth. His grandfather said to his daughter one day, Go, my child, and take your son down to his father, and ask him to come up and live with us. But tell him to bring along a specimen of each kind of bird and animal he kills in the chase. She accordingly took the boy and descended. The white hawk, who was ever near the enchanted spot, heard her voice as she came down the sky. His heart beat with impatience as he saw her form and that of his son, and they were soon clasped in his arms. He heard the message of the star, and he began to hunt with the greatest activity, that he might collect the present with all dispatch. He spent whole nights, as well as days, in search for every curious and beautiful animal and bird. He only preserved a foot, a wing, or a tail of each. When all was ready, Wapi visited once more each favorite spot, the hilltop whence he had been used to seeing the rising sun, the stream where he had sported as a boy, the old lodge now looking sad and solemn, which he was to sit in no more, and last of all, coming the magic circle, he gazed widely around him with tearful eyes, and taking his wife and child by hand, they entered the cart and were drawn up into a country far beyond the flight of birds, or the power of mortal eyes to pierce. Great joy was manifested upon their arrival at the starry plain. The star chief invited all his people to a feast, and when they had assembled, he proclaimed aloud that each one might continue as he was, an inhabitant of his own dominions, or select of the earthly gifts such as he liked best. A very strange confusion immediately arose. Not one but sprang forward. Some choose a foot, some a wing, some a tail, and some a claw. Those who selected tails or claws were changed into animals and ran off. The others assumed the form of birds and flew away. Wapi chose a white hawk's feather. His wife and son followed his example, and each one became a white hawk. He spread his wings and, followed by his wife and son, descended with the other birds, where he is still to be found, with the brightness of the starry plains in his eye and the freedom of the heavenly breezes in his wings. I know that this story that I have told wasn't about female empowerment. I try to find the right one that will fit the time frame for this podcast. And I know that there are a lot of folk tales and fairy tales that encourage rape culture. They are important to tell and to discuss at the same time. I'll try my best next time to hopefully find a female-friendly folktale. I know that they are out there. Anyway, before the story you heard, Children's Soul by Wooden Spoon. That is it for the show. Again, I'm your host, Midnight Star. If you want to comment about the show, make a suggestion, or you just want to like and share, you can do so on the Music from the Goddesses Vault Facebook page, tweet me at Goddess Vault, and on SoundCloud. There are also tons of different ways to listen to this podcast, like on the iHeartRadio app, Spreaker, iTunes, Podomatic, and more. I'm going to leave you with the song Eagle, Condor, Hawk, and Raven by Professor Trance. Blessed be.
If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.